And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's not Expository Thursday, as it normally is. It is Thursday. It's just not Expository Thursday. So today we're going to work together to know the Word of God better. We travel into the Word to understand the things the Lord requires of us as we learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. And I'm going to tell you right now, I went through more warfare putting this together last night, three and a half hours just for a little bit. Oh, my goodness. First, the devil steals, but the Lord heals. Let's get ready to review the spiritual warfare in our walk and the truth that it is real. It's crazy stuff to the world and to the worldly and to the unenlightened. But you and I have this sneaky suspicion continually there's a lot more going on than the natural eye reveals. Isn't that funny? No, not really. Because that is exactly what Jesus taught more than he ever taught about the poor and almost as much as he taught about love. Next, the enemy has a plan to disrupt. I am not scripturally convinced that the devil actually thinks he could win. If he could, why wouldn't he just leave earth? He can't. But he does whatever he can to create havoc wherever he can. He tries to bring darkness where there's light and keep the light out where the darkness is. And finally, and here is a key to hold on to, a significant part of Jesus' ministry is to stop the enemy from doing stuff. Jesus has effectively undone the eternal consequences of sin through his redeeming blood and sacrifice if a person yields to Jesus. Jesus restored what the devil stole from mankind in the Garden of Eden, and he restores a whole bunch more than that for us, but we need to have faith that Jesus wants to do that. Have faith he wants to. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and way they. So much more. So much. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? You can email us during the show, David, at hemustincrease.org. That's David, D-A-V-I-D, at hemustincrease.org. You can text us live during the show, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that call, my friends, you'll end up talking to Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a Dynamite. Dynamite! 
talking to Dynamite D. That's like somebody bringing you a surprise lunch to your workplace. That sounds good, Dave. I know. Where is it? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were dropping clues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just dropping. I'm dropping clues for other people to hear. Anyway, here's the bottom line: if you've got a praise report or a prayer request, this is a great opportunity to share that. If you have uh, something going on, you just got a question about it, or just want to, you know, make an observation, that's cool. We're totally for that. Here's what we're trying to just kind of thin out a little. There is a lot of complaining going on. Actually, there's a lot of complaining going on for Christians, which is not a really brilliant idea since whenever we do that, we pretty much tell God we don't like the way that you're being God. So we should probably do that a lot less. After all, when the children of Israel did that, the ends of the camp burned with fire. So our uh, thought process here is, you know, there's places where you can share and express your frustration about what you're seeing or hearing uh, on the media. Remember, media stands for making everyone dumber in America. And so just as you know that's going on, on this show we're just trying to do a Hebrews 3.13, Hebrews 10.25 attitude where we encourage one another to draw closer to the Lord as we see the day of the return of Jesus Christ getting that much closer. That's what we're trying to do. So if you've got a praise report, if you've got a prayer request, awesome. Share it with us. Let us be a part of it. Let us join you in your struggle. We'll pray with you together. Also, we do Bible trivia. So let's see if you guys can pick up this one. Remember, all these are common sayings, but they're found in Bible books. Ready? From which Bible book comes the phrase, eat, drink, and be merry. Eat, drink, and be merry. Ooh. And that's not merry as in Mary as in Mary, the mother of Jesus. Okay? Okay, great. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email to david at org. Now, I know that these trivia questions are harder. <laughs> But the reason that I'm doing that is so that we will stretch a little, which is a good thing for us to do, to grow and to stretch, you know, kind of like the rubber band kind of mentality. The Lord stretches you, and then you can stretch out a little farther and a little farther. Somebody is ready to answer a trivia question, so we'll give them that opportunity. Let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, uh, brother. This is Brother Ace. Hey, Brother Ace. How are you, my good friend? I've been fine. I've been listening. I just didn't want to cut out the, our newcomers that are coming into the program. Yep, yep. Uh, Greatly appreciated. Yep, yep. We've had four or five in the last two days. It's amazing, right? That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Very yeah, you good. deserve it. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's for one another. I know you know that. All right, so this is a – first of all, I want to make sure we can pray for you because I don't get to talk to you as much, you know. That's so I want to pray for yeah. you. But I want you to answer the trivia question first, okay? Yes. Uh-huh. Which book comes the phrase, eat, drink, and be merry? Uh, Ecclesiastes, isn't it? That is correct, Amanda! Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 15. You are 100% correct, sir. That is an excellent job, by the way. That is just because you are a great brother in the Lord. What's going on with you that we can pray for you? Well, I have a good report. My nose has been healed uh, of all cancer, as far as I can tell. It's like normal. We're getting back to normal. So Praise the uh, Lord. A big old hole in there. It's gone. So I thank the Lord for the healing and all the prayers of the saints. 
Amen. So, awesome, I brother. Look, awesome. Amen. Amen. And uh, find, uh, I guess my enemy right now is uh, just nerve damage okay. uh, that I've had since uh, way back, and uh, it's kind of getting worse, so. All right. Trying to get well, some going in the wrong direction. You know, I love what you just said because you said it's your enemy. That's the whole rest of this teaching is along those lines right there. That's a great, great way to say that. So let me pray for you, okay? All right. Thank you. Let's do it. Father, we come before you right now. We lift up our brother Ace. We love our brother Ace. He's just such a blessing. And we ask you to, to well, first we thank you, God, for him. And we ask you to pour out your favor and your grace upon him physically. He's got some nerve damage, some things that are you know, really against him, that fight against him and try to restrict him. We pray against that in the name and authority of Jesus Christ. And we ask for the healing of the power of the Holy Spirit to fill him so that his nerves can have a rejuvenation by your anointing power and that he would know it's coming from the hand of God. We ask you to bless him and encourage him and strengthen him in Jesus' name. Amen man. and amen. Good for a real good prayer, man. I'll tell you that. So uh, your words come out like they should. Uh, a lot of us kind of stumble through our prayers, but uh, you got to focus. you got to focus. Yep. Gotcha. Hallelujah. You the Lamb of God. Thanks for the of the world. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank Appreciate you, brother. God bless you. Okay. God bless you, guys. Bye-bye. All right. Wow, it's so great. I love hearing from Brother Ace. It's just like we do. It's just like when you hear from people, you know. You know, you hear from Gary. It's like I love it. I don't know. I always tell Brother Ace he got a country music voice. Yeah, he does have that. He's got a song. He's got a, a, that song thing. We got to play some of his songs more. Okay, we can remember he's got that uh, album thing. All right, ready? All right, here we go. Here's your first scripture. Ready? This is called the 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 devil steals, but the Lord heals. You're not going to get the best part of this message until the fourth segment, okay? Just going to have to be that way. Got to lay some groundwork first. Here's the first thing. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to its fullness. What we know in this passage is Jesus makes a distinction between himself and the thief. What we know in this passage is that Jesus says, I'm over here, the thief is over there. The thief is one who operates to steal, kill, and destroy. So that you know the word thief is the Greek word for stealth. Everybody know about the stealth flyer that we have, right? You got the stealth flyer. Guess what the stealth flyer can do? It can avoid radar. That concept, 2,000 years old. That's not even new. And Satan operates by stealth. That means this. He doesn't come and knock on your door and go, hi, it's Satan. I'm here to ruin your life. Thank you. Okay, that's not happening. He operates under the cover, so to speak, or undercover. And you have to understand. That's why, that's why the, the Bible commands us to, to, you know, one of the gifts that the church doesn't operate in, which is amazing, is the gift of discerning of spirits. Because if we knew it was satanic, we'd be like going, oh, I'm approaching this differently. <laughs> right? Right? You would be like, oh, no, I'm doing this different. In fact, most of us would slap on some worship music, which is exactly what we should do, because Satan hates that. And it's like, that just tells you right there. He's trying to take the, the praises away from the Lord. And he operates in stealth. And what is he trying to do? He's trying to steal our joy. Why? 
The joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, I can't stand that song, but I got to do it because of the, what we're doing. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, of course he wants to steal that. What? It's your strength. Of course he's going to try and steal your strength. What is, he, what is he trying to kill? Our hope. He's trying to stop you from ever having hope. Why? Because hope is an anchor to the soul. It's how you get through storms. He's trying to destroy our faith. And the reason he's trying to destroy our faith is because faith is how we please God. And this is what the enemy does. This is his tactic. And again, you think he's not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. He's not all-powerful. But he's your enemy. And so Sergio, a couple days ago, asked, he goes, do we have a target on our back? You bet. Here's, Here's the dude it's coming from, the thief, the dude who's operating in stealth, trying to set things up. He's trying to steal our joy. He's trying to kill our hope. He's trying to destroy our faith so we don't do anything in the kingdom. And thereby become ineffective. And for all those people that go, well, I never have spiritual warfare, see how good Satan is? See how good he is? You don't even see it. Boy, talk about stealth. And the biggest part about this, and then I'm going to exit after this, is Jesus taught more about the kingdom of darkness and oppression than he ever talked about uh, the poor and almost as much as he talked about love. Oh, but love's the big thing. Yeah, well, the kingdom of darkness and its enemy and the thief is right underneath it. Less than 5 6% difference. Come on. Don't you think that's important too? Well, God does. So if it's important to him, then it's important to us, right? Okay. I know the world doesn't get it. I can't change that, but we can do better than what we're doing. All right, we'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? Jonathan and David were closely knit, 
and David made a commitment to Jonathan, and Jonathan said, I don't I want you to make sure you're not gonna take any kind of wrath or any kind of vengeance on my kids, on my family, on my uh people, and David made that commitment. What I want you to get in Second Samuel chapter four, verse four, is that Mephibosheth is an offspring of Jonathan, and he was crippled or he was lame. He couldn't walk properly. He couldn't, you know, function properly. He was at a tremendous disadvantage. And I remember when the preacher in North Phoenix Baptist Church looked at his audience. And just to give you an idea how big this church was, it, it, the, the auditorium seated like about 5,000. So it's like huge, right? And he looked at, he looks around at everybody. And then he says this. He said, you are Mephibosheth. And I was thinking, what? <laughs> what? And he goes, you, and he, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, but he's just he's preaching, and he's a, oh, was he just one of the best preachers. You are Mephibosheth. You are lame and unable to walk without help. Welcome back. To the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Getting ready for your next trivia question. This one I'll give you a little bit of help on because these are not easy, right? These are tough ones, right? This is out of one of the Gospels. Now, I've given you four. I just made it one in four. You have a 25% opportunity to get this right. From which book comes the phrase, wolf in sheep's clothing. Wolf in sheep's clothing. Another biblical reference first before society decided, oh, we can use that. <laughs> if you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can... Send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. I would like to remind everybody to be praying for the audience. One of the things that I've been praying for the audience, just maybe to help you if you don't have anything that you can think to pray for, is overcoming discouragement. Overcoming discouragement. Okay? That's a big thing. Okay? All right. So there's that. So on the, on the comedy side of things, we're going to— uh, we're going to wait on that because this teaching that I'm going to get into is so um, – I'm telling you, it's a, it's it's tough teaching. And and I want you to hear it because it's going to really – hopefully, it will open up your eyes to some of the things that are going on in your life. That's all I'm praying. I'm only, I'm only asking that the Lord show you and I so that we can draw closer to him. There's nothing else going on. I know I'm goofy and arrogant and stupid and all that. I get that. But that doesn't mean that we can't use this stuff and draw closer. That's exactly where I'm going to stand on that. Uh, once again, on the trivia question, from which of the four Gospels does wolf in sheep's clothing come from? It's one of the four Gospels. If you think you know, 972-445-0770. is the text or david at he must org. Okay. 
We're just talking about the thief, and we're talking about the difference between Jesus, who's come to give life and life more abundantly, which does not mean he's there to make you rich. That's not what that even means. What it means is that he gives you the fullness of life, and that there's as much of life as you can get is going to come through Jesus, not he's going to add triple zeros to your bank account. And if you think money is the answer to your happiness, you're already in the wrong place. That's number one. Then the next thing I want to bring up is this, which is superbly important, is that what is it that Jesus, what did he do about this enemy? What did he do? In other words, we have a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I don't like that. Great. That's awesome, Jesus. And we appreciate that you don't like that. What did he do in regards to that? Okay. And I want you to turn to 1 John 3, 8. And if you can't turn there, just listen. If I say it wrong, I promise somebody's going to text or call in. <laughs> 1 John 3, 8. And I want you to hear. I mean, this is, uh, this is just so powerful. I want you to hear this, every part of this, okay? 1 John 3, 8. The one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. So what I want you to see is this. Is that the only reason that Jesus came per se? No. No, I mean, that, when you read something, that you don't go, that's the only reason. That's just, that's just boxing the Lord in. Stop that. But what it does tell you is this. That part of Jesus' arrival is to specifically destroy the works of the devil. And that the devil has sinned from the beginning. Well, what happened when sin entered the world? Let's see. Sickness, disease, separation from God, every other thing that you can come up with that's bad. Contradictions in nature, society, everything. Everything that happened that's bad came about because of sin, which the devil was involved with at the very beginning. And what Jesus did is came as, as a man and as God, born of the Holy Spirit, born of Mary, born of both. Yes, I know it's hard for us to understand that a person can be 100% this and 100% this because we're Western people and it doesn't make sense to our math. And sorry if God's bigger than our math since he created time. But we'll move on from there and just simply say this. Jesus came to destroy not the work of the devil, but the works of the devil, plural. In John chapter 12, verse 31, this is what Jesus said, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. In Mark chapter 1, verse 24, the demon said, why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus has the power, the ability, and the authority to destroy everything that Satan has done, everything that Satan is doing, everything that Satan will try to do. And Satan has you as a target and has lambasted some of us because we either get caught up in sin or we get caught up in doubt or we get caught up in pushing God out of the picture of our minds or our situations, and he takes advantage of that. Just like he took advantage of Judas and entered into his heart because there was hardness in his heart and there was sin in his heart, and Satan took advantage of it and blew him out. 
and that happens to Christians. I know. No, it can never happen. It all it happens all the time. The entire chapter 6 of Ephesians is devoted to us putting on the armor of God because of our spiritual warfare lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, completely devoted. Revelation chapter 12, fully devoted to the fact that we're in spiritual warfare with Satan. And I understand that there's some... Former brilliant commentators, I still think they're brilliant. I just think some of their comments were maybe not brilliant. And they're like, well, you know, evil is kind of, it's not really personified. It's more of a concept. Baloney. Satan is evil. He's darkness. He's a being. It's because of sin, which he utilized against mankind, he's a, he's a breathing, living entity. And then sin became an entity, an existent entity. And so these are the enemies of mankind. That's why I like what Brother A said. Uh, my enemy is, you know, my 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 nerves are. That's the next time he's got it right. And in fact, we know that Satan is involved in some of this because you look at the lady in Luke where she had bent over for, for I think it was eighteen years. She was bent over, and Jesus said, "Shouldn't we on the Sabbath bring healing to a woman like this, who Satan has crippled all these years?" Hey, Satan does a lot of really bad stuff, and when we open it up, it gets worse. And we need to be aware. Jesus came to destroy that. Jesus came to put that stuff to a close. Part of Jesus' mission is to shut down Satan's work in our lives. Oh, eternally, he's already, he's already demonstrated that, Right? I mean, there's no, there's no way around it, okay? And what does Hebrews 13.8 say? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So he's, Jesus is the same. Jesus is doing the same stuff. We talked about this yesterday, Galatians 3.5. I ask you again, does God give you his Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey, obey the law? Of course not. It's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. God does miraculous things on a regular basis. Those miraculous things are designed to break the power of Satan in our lives, and what people get afraid to say is, well, I don't want to say that because it means like I'm being influenced or something. <laughs> I'm going to say this super nice. Did you ever watch a television show that had just a slightly immoral element to it? You were just influenced by Satan. Congratulations. <laughs> it's like that's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's permeated in society. It's in the governments. It's in the education systems. I'm not sure what a man is. I'm not sure what a woman is. Are you telling God he doesn't know how to create? That's a sin. Where do you think that sin comes from? Satan. One thing Saturday Night Live had correct was the church lady. She was right when she goes, could it be, hmm, maybe, I don't know, maybe hmm, Satan? Yes, that's what it is. And Jesus came to destroy those works. And what's most amazing is when we get back, we're going to talk about the, 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 how Jesus, in the very beginning, and, 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 and for all eternity, turned Satan's activities up onside his own head through his power. <laughs> okay. I want that guy. I want that power guy. I want this. Of course you do. Who doesn't want that? You want to be free from that. From which book comes the phrase, wolf in sheep's clothing? And the answer is... Matthew, that's chapter 7, verse 15, referring to the Hippocrates. Okay, I'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
when confronted by the unimaginable, look at how some of the Bible heroes responded. Abraham's wife, Sarah, laughed when the Lord promised her a son in old age. Why did Sarah laugh? Is anything too hard for the Lord? The Lord answered. That's Genesis 18, 13. Zechariah, priest in the temple, asked, How can I be sure of this to Gabriel? I am Gabriel, the angel answered. I stand in the presence of God and have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Luke, this is out of Luke 1, 19. In other words, God was saying, God can do this. Mary exclaimed, How are you going to do this? When Gabriel brought her that great news of her son that she would bear, the angel assured her, Nothing, with God, nothing will be impossible. Luke 1.37, the disciples questioned Jesus, and he answered them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Matthew 19.26, the Lord reminded the prophet Jeremiah, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Jeremiah 32.27, if God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.31, praise to him who is able, listen, this is Ephesians 3.20, praise to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Finally, when life just seems impossible, we can memorize and believe and agree with the Apostle Paul's conclusion of all his personal struggles, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which is in Philippians 4.13. Darkness comes. This is from John Piper, this, this next statement. Darkness comes. In the middle of it, the future looks blank. But with God, nothing is impossible. He has more ropes and ladders and tunnels out of pits that you can ever conceive of. So wait and pray without ceasing and hope. I think that this kind of thought process, it's not name it and claim it. It's just believing that God is the God that can do anything is applicable for his kids to operate in when their situation seems impossible that we deal in the truth of the possible that God brings. Sometimes hallelujah. Welcome back Sometimes to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the true station here in Texas, where I am blazing through. So if you're listening, just just get as much as you can out of this. There's no up. no no holds barred. This is just straightforward. Let's do our trivia question. Let's see if you guys can get this. We'll make this pretty simple. Ready. What's the last word in the Bible? There you go. What is the last word in the Bible? That is the trivia question. If you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david, 
at hemusincrease.org. Going to send you up to the website as we often do. Don't forget on the website is praise reports. You can fill one out if you don't want to do it on the radio. We'll do it for you. Or uh, or you can just keep it private. A prayer request, exact same. If you want us to say it publicly, there's a little public-private button. You just say private, keep it private. That's cool, no problem. Also on the website is a place to give, and we just make it very simple about the giving. I hate talking about money, but we need money to make it happen. So many, 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 many. Okay, there you go. Check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemostincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemostincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemostincrease.org. Hemostincrease.org. What is that, Dave? What was that? <laughs> I'm asking you. Boing, 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 boing. Okay, all right. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, creatures of all ages and sizes, somebody's ready to answer a trivia question. Let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you today? I'm doing great, Gary. You know what? I'm so glad you called. I was praying for you specifically today and that I hadn't heard from you, and I just wanted to make sure you were doing okay. So I'm, I'm really, really blessed. You really blessed me just by calling in. I know that sounds goofy, but... Is true. So thank you for well, thank calling. You. All right. Thank you. All right. Here we go. Last word in the Bible. Amen. Amen. It is. Thank you, Jesus. I think it's interesting, especially in the Greek, because it's just so be it. Like after everything else is said and done from the beginning into all the way to the so be it. Right? All right. Yes. Now, some translations say it a little different, which is okay. We don't mind, but I like the amen one because it just sounds better, and I just feel that's the right one. Excellent job. Hey, I want to pray over you if that's okay. Okay. Let's do it. Father, I just lift up my brother Gary. Love him. I ask you to bless him. I ask you to physically heal his body in the name of Jesus. Nothing is impossible with you. No mountain is too big. Nothing. If we just have a little bit of faith, Lord, you can heal Gary. And we're asking you to heal him. We're asking you to heal him and enable him and let his, his the blood flow clearly and let his body be strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Thank you very much. And I've been praying for all of you, and I'll continue to pray for you. Thank you, brother. We appreciate you. Okay. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, we're going to do what? We're doing history? we got to do history, I think. At some point, we got to do history. Do we have to do history? we got to do history, because I can't put it off. So let's do history. Let's go All right, today is Babe Ruth Day. I think many people probably think that's baseball. I think that's probably true. But I would, I would choose the candy. <laughs> See, if you're if it's asking me, it's Babe Ruth Day, Dave. If you're saying to me, Dave, does that mean it's Babe Ruth, the baseball player? Uh, probably. But is that the one I would think about? No. No. <laughs> no. See how well you know me already. <laughs> It's and like, it sounds good. Yeah. A baby Ruth sounds good. Yeah, I mean a baby Ruth. Like, Come on, you know it's the hard, the hardest thing that I, is this. I mean, I'm on this diet. It's like, uh, what, what did I say this? I think I said it to Deb. Uh, diet is uh, is uh, die with a T. <laughs> 
I'm just saying. Die with a T. Okay. Uh, that's that. Oh, listen to this. Ready? Oh, you thought that was good? Ready? Ready? You better ready. This is my... This is one of my favorite things in the world, and I don't talk about it a lot because every time I think of it, then I get this hankering, right? It's National Prime Rib Day. Ooh, baby. Dave. So in, in Phoenix, Arizona, before it turned into a nutty place, on Central Street, before it turned into a nutty place, <laughs> we're talking about 35, 40 years ago before it turned into a nutty place, there was a place called Durant's, and they had the best prime rib and then classic jewish horseradish oh it was just so good sounds lovely yeah it was all right and the last thing some people are going to get offended this don't get offended it's just a name of a food devil dogs today we celebrate devil dogs funny because we're talking about the devil uh devil dog is a treat that consists of two layers of devil's food cake with cream sandwiched in between them so it's like that so you have the, the dark and then you have the cream then you have the dark i don't know if i've ever heard of that yeah, that's what they're called, devil dogs. That's just alone. And then the last thing is uh, nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about that. Oh, this one I care about. 1981, on this day, the computer mouse is introduced. 1981. 1981. I still can't figure Mouse. It's like, okay. I mean, we know it now, but mouse. Okay, just I'm just going to let that go. Okay, all right. Don't forget to pray for the audience. Yeah, you got to have fun, too, you know. Uh, all right, let's get back to our test. So we're talking about Satan steals, uh, but the Lord heals. And I want to go back to that passage I mentioned before and make sure that we uh, understand it maybe in its fullness. So I'm going to pull this up out of Luke chapter 13. And this is going to be the healing on the Sabbath. This is in uh, verse 10 of Luke 13. What I don't want you to do is be afraid. I'm going to read it out of the NLT, which is the New Living Translation. It's come off a little different, but the principle is going to be pretty close, so follow it. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. Does the NIV say evil spirit? Does it say demon or something? It says by a spirit. By a spirit. Well, normally good spirits won't cripple you, but okay, we'll just leave it there. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her, and instantly she could stand straight. For 18 years, okay? I'm going to give you the best illustration of what this 18 years is. From you to birth to graduating high school. <laughs> How long is that? Is that not long? From you, birth, to graduating high school. Long time? Oh, yeah. Long time, right? Jesus Jesus saw her, called her over. She didn't even ask to be. Jesus saw her or called her over. Women, are you healed of your, you are healed of your sickness? He touched her, and instantly she could be stand straight. And she praised and thanked God. Wow. But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. Talk about a guy having a bad day. What bee is in his bonnet? There are six days of the week for working. So now, wait, miraculous healing is a work. Okay, that's a good one. And he said to him, come on those days to be healed and not on the Sabbath. You see what was more important to that guy? Well, first, he didn't probably didn't know what to say. And second, it's like there's six days to do this kind of thing. On the seventh day, we don't do anything. We do whatever I say. It's like that's so bizarre. 
Verse 15, but the Lord replied, you hypocrite, which is, let's uh, just leave it there. You work on the Sabbath day. He works on the Sabbath. He's the synagogue ruler. He's in charge of the synagogue. He works. So Jesus is like, you work. What are you talking about? Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from their stalls on the Sabbath and lead them out to water? You don't, you don't feed your, your donkeys? You don't take care of your animals? Yes, you do. Of course you do. Wasn't it necessary for me, even on the Sabbath day, to free this dear woman from the bondage in which Satan has held her for 18 years? What? What? How about that, right? Can you can you can you, can you feel that? I, Dave, what I, in the studio? I did not point at you when you read that last part. Wow. I mean, Satan was the one. This is what I'm talking about. You think, is every sickness like that? No. But are some sicknesses like that? Yes. Some sicknesses are demonic. In fact, in the gospel, as you go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see the distinction. Whenever there's a spirit, Jesus either casts it out or identifies it. When it's not, he doesn't. So it, it, it's, it's both. So quit saying it's one or the other. It's both. And so what's going on here is that Jesus is making it absolutely clear where some of this discomfort and struggle is coming. It's coming from Satan. Now, I'm saying all of this to build you to— remember I told you that the most important thing would be the fourth part of this teaching? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just verifying that I did tell that to everybody. It's not something that I made up. It's just really superbly important that you understand that everything comes down to this— and then we're going to go into it in depth in the next segment. But listen to this. In Exodus 15, 26, it says that, it is, that the Lord's name is Jehovah Rapha. And that is the God or the Lord that heals. Okay? Now, I want you to understand as we get ready to go into this last segment how important this is. Jesus, in his most important redemptive work, restored what was lost in the garden because of Satan redirecting Eve and Adam into the wrong decision-making. And, and I've been doing this study on Genesis, and you would, you would just absolutely scream and when we go through uh, Genesis 1, 2, 3. You'll just be like, ah, it's crazy. But Jesus restored that which was lost in the garden. What was lost in the garden? What was lost in the garden is direct fellowship with God, the right to not have shame, and uh, the, the also the opportunity to, to engage with nature at a, at, a, at a normal level, not at some kind of bizarre level where you have to worry about them killing you, and, wait, living forever. Those are all lost. And Jesus restored all of those to a degree. <laughs> the animal thing will happen in the next in the next realm, but the so there won't be any problems there. But the point is, the fellowship with God and the living forever is restored by the redeeming work of Jesus Christ doing His work against Satan's work. But you see in this passage in in Luke thirteen that Jesus also does situational redemption. And restoration. Is it just eternal life? No. Eternal life's the big one. Don't get weird on me. 
deliverance from the from the penalty of sin and restoration to fellowship with God. Those are the two big ones, okay? But Jesus here and in many places in the gospel restores other parts that Satan has done. And that's what the advancement of the kingdom of God is. The restoration through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. When we come back, I'm going to look at a text in the Old Testament that really challenges and breaks this down. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. there. It's Amazing Jennifer and I am helping out the David Spoon Experience. As you may know, I basically run the KAAM radio station. Amazing! And Dr. Dave is looking for a few good people to join and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of this here radio ministry. Now you may be thinking, well, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Well, the truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you have all you need to be a part of this ministry. But Jennifer, don't I need to be perfect? (laughs) No. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Just fill out the form and we will reach out to you. But sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. You are on your own with that. What is the David Spoon Experience? Or the president of Focus on the Family. When you got that position, I'm talking the initial moment that you knew you were getting that position. Were you thinking, what? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Given my background, I was going, no, no, no. In fact, I got home said to my wife, Jean, this is what I've been asked today. And she looked at me and said, who would have thunk it? (laughs) That summed it up. That was that entire day. I was just like, oh, my goodness. My wife and I used to pray for the poor guy coming behind Dr. Dobson. (laughs) Now you were praying for yourself. You didn't even know it. (laughs) That's exactly right. Does he have a sense of humor or what? That's great stuff. Excellent material and an excellent interview, Jim. I really appreciate it. Uh, You did a great job, and I just want to thank you from my whole heart just for all the work that you're doing, for the people that you're blessing, and for this project that you guys have been working on on Irreplaceable. Nice job. Thanks, David. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple, and there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media. And on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section. And it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video. But you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. But it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience.
Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here's your last trivia question. And I just caught something I never caught before after 45 years. Well, I just, some days are just so amazing. Okay, ready? How many, now based on how we have broken down the books in the Old Testament, how many major prophets, not minor prophets, how many major prophets are there? According to the books written. So we have our section. So you've got, right? How many major prophets are there? So you've got the, the beginning, the intro, the Torah. Then you've got some history taking place. Then you've got poetry. Then you got major prophets and minor prophets. That's the breakdown of the Old Testament. Listen to what I'm saying. Torah, first five books, right? Then the history of Israel, all the way to, I think it's uh, Second Chronicles, whatever. Then you have Job to Ecclesiastes or Song of Solomon. Then you got that's poetry. Then you have the major prophets. And the minor prophets, all you know, to, to Malachi, to the end. How many major prophets, not how many major prophet books, how many major prophets are there? See that, catch? See that? See that? I am so bad. Uh, if you think you know, 972-445-0770 would be the number to call. And then uh, you can text in 214-210-8483. Uh, or you can send an email, David, at he must increase.org. Eric just sent me a text. Lisa, stop bleeding. We are going home with a little bit of reservations. It's happening so quick. And as you and your filler said, who would have thunk it? <laughs> so keep them in prayer. That would be the way to do that uh, for Lisa and for Eric. Don't stop praying for them. Lord, please protect them. Keep them safe and give them wisdom in Jesus' name. How many major prophets, individual prophets, not books, individual prophets are there in the Old Testament? Uh, last shot, last opportunity, 972-445-0770. Uh, you can text 214-210-8483 or send an email, david, at hemusincrease.org. Not books, but how many actual prophets? Okay? All right. Last section. You think you heard it all? <laughs> Here we go. Ready? All right. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 16 through 18. Jeremiah 30, chapter 16 through 18. Listen to this. This is just oh, amazing. Okay? All right. Give you a chance to get there. Okay, that's enough. I can't wait anymore. Here's what the text says. But all who devour you will be devoured. All your enemies will go into exile. Those who plunder you will be plundered. All who make spoil of you I will despoil. But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord, because you are called an outcast, Zion, for whom no one cares. This is what the Lord says. I will restore the fortunes of Jacob's tents and have compassion on his dwellings. The city will be rebuilt on her ruins and the palace will stand in its proper place. Oh, 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 oh. Restoration. 
When God says, I will restore, restoration implies there has been loss. It's not genius. There's no rocket science going on here. That means that there has been some form of loss or something that has ha happened. Uh, and it implies somewhere along the route there has been loss. The healing wounds implies that there has been hurts. And those can be physical, emotional, psychological, or otherwise. Okay? There can be there's physical hurting, emotional hurting, psychological hurting. And then he says this. He says, because you were called outcast, Zion, for whom no one cares. The outcast portion implies that people say things about us that are not only not uplifting, but they're painful, and they leave a residue of loneliness. And that's what's being said. And the Lord says, you know what? In all of this, I'm going to restore you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to call you my own, and I'm going to show you that I care. And while you've gone through, and I've gone through, and I think we've all gone through things where we feel like we've lost stuff and stuff's been stolen and taken from us, and it's true, and that we've been wounded either physically, emotionally, psychologically, or otherwise, and it's true, and that we have felt like outcasts where people talk about us and push us to the side. They're not only are they not uplifting, it's painful. It leaves this residue of loneliness because look at what he said. They've called you outcasts. Nobody cares for you. And God's response is this. I'm going to restore you. I am going to bring it back to you. I am going to return what the enemy has stolen. I am going to heal your wounds. And I am going to make sure you don't think you're an outcast because you are mine. That is part of the work of Jesus Christ. You see, it is eternal. It is. And it is relationship-oriented to God. And it is eternity with God. And it is fellowship with God. But it is situational. And prior to that, there is this redemptive process, this restoration process. This is part of Jesus destroying the works of the devil where people have had things stolen and lost. And the Lord promises restoration. They've been wounded physically, emotionally, and psychologically. And the Lord promises healing. They've been called outcast and just people that nobody cares about. And the Lord, what he does does is he heals the loneliness and brings restoration of fellowship so that you can know you're never alone. And then God calls us his own. Oh, yeah. Right? What is it that Jesus said? You're out here all alone. I'm never alone, Jesus said. I'm never alone. I haven't been alone yet. That's part of the promises of God. Does that mean that 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 everything that has been hurted that, that it'll, it'll go back in time? No, it means that the Lord will take what it is, He put healing balm on it, fix it, and bring restoration into your life so that you move forward. Why? Because you know what? You can't live your Christian life walking backwards. That's why.
You can't sit there and do nothing but groan about what's been stolen. You can't do nothing but complain about the hurt, the physical, psychological, and emotional hurt. You can't you can't do anything about what was when people called you an outcast and that nobody cares, which, by the way, is a lie. And, oh, by the way, that's another name for Satan, father of lies. Getting that? And Jesus is like, no, I'm here to change that completely. Verse 18, this is what the Lord said. I will restore the fortunes of Jacob's tent, have compassion on his dwellings. The city will be built on her ruins, and the palace will stand in its proper place. The Lord said, I'm going to come back and take, I'm going to rearrange all this mess. He's not going to undo it. He's going to make it right, so to speak. That's what you got to recognize. And then now, so moving forward, what are we doing? What are we, we're moving forward. So when the devil sits there and calls you an outcast for somebody for whom nobody cares, it's a lie. And if you absorb it and it becomes a part of you, you're inflicting the pain. You're letting Satan inflict the pain. You know, it does say, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Guess what? You can do You can do The scripture commands us to do it. Resist it. Don't give in to him. The Lord has healing, restoration uh, for, for you, that which was stolen, that which you need healing for, and that loneliness. For, the Lord has restoration for all of it. Now that is part of the mission of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And by the way, the answer to the trivia question, how many major prophets? There are four major prophets in the Old Testament, just like there are four Gospels in the New Testament. Ooh, Dave. That's it. We're done today. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas, taking a 22 and a half hour break. Then we'll come back. More insanity with spinanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.